Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Brendan Loves Wrestling. I'm Brendan Sokler. If you're just subscribing to the feed, welcome. This is our first real episode. We have a mini episode that we did with Selena De Laurenta, the lovely, wonderful human from MLW, or as you know her character, the heartless, evil human from MLW, Major League Wrestling, for those who are not in the loop on the vernacular. So we're here to celebrate pro wrestling, talk about why we love it. Talk to actors, comedians, wrestlers, uh, whomever. Maybe my dad? Someone random. I don't know. He fucking hates wrestling. But you know what? That would make for an interesting episode. But we're going to talk to a whole bunch of people. And today we are talking to Ernie O'Donnell, uh, one of the stars of Clerks, who has a movie coming out this weekend at the Garden State Film Festival. Uh, So we're going to be coming in hot and fresh with all sorts of fun interviews. But today, we're going to start off with my technician, Jeff Nemeth. How's it going, Jeff? Well, first of all, it's actually Jeff Nemeth. Have I been fucking that up in my... I don't know if I've ever said your name aloud. Because I have you in my phone with your girlfriend's last name as your last name. So I've never actually had to confidently say it. But Jeff is working with me on the Declaration of Independent Wrestling uh, documentary, which... We'll include a link in the bio that you can click on. But, uh, Jeff, why do you love wrestling? Why don't I love wrestling? Wrestling has been something I have followed for the majority of my life. It's something that I can, have, I can look back nostalgically on. It's something that I can continue to see where it's growing. And it's a great form of entertainment that a lot of people don't get to appreciate on the level of entertainment that it can be. I've called it uh, on many an occasion, theater of the people. So I think it's just, it's a little bit of everything. It's Commedia dell'arte, it's a uh, Renaissance theater, it's elaborate costumes, audience members that want to be seen, stock characters that have stood the test of time. And it's also obviously badass action and a live stunt show. It's a soap opera. It's your mom and dad's relationships. It's corporate billionaires being shitheads. It's the underdog finally getting that brass ring they are so striving for. I think it's everything. Absolutely, Brandon. There's, it's great action stories. It's great emotional stories. And it's all told in front of a live audience. So we're working on the Declaration of Independent Wrestling documentary. Do you want to speak to, and I certainly will because I talk a lot, it's my fucking podcast, but um, what made you think that independent wrestling needed to be put under a different spotlight and have their story told? Sure. So I had not been really following independent wrestling very much up until probably 2014 or 2015. Uh, I really kind of strayed away from wrestling for a while dabbled back in with some WWE, but hadn't really seen where the independent wrestling scene was for a while. And then kind of dove in, like face first, basically. Yeah. And found all of these great wrestlers and the diversity of of the programming that they're able to put out on streaming sites and, and in front of live crowds. And it's something that is really kind of expanding the world of professional wrestling into a lot of different venues that really kind of 
are getting appreciated by by small groups of people, but it's not really been combined in a in a great way to to really showcase just how great independent wrestling can be and how inclusive it can be for the audience. Yeah, I mean, for me, I've also talked about like I've described the week of WrestleMania, which is what we're covering. We're covering all the shows that we can during the week of WrestleMania as like, it's like the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. There's shows from all over the world. It's like tapas. There's different flavors of everything and you can get these micro bites of it in the forms of full kick-ass crazy shows. So we're going to be covering all that. For me, what ended up bringing me to the dance back in the day was uh, my first moments with wrestling was watching Chris Jericho talk to The Rock or cut a promo as it were uh where they were just doing a back and forth it must have been monday night raw and i must have been like 12 i was playing ice hockey then i was a jock wasn't a theater kid yet but i looked at them i was like i want to do this and because of that i decided to take a theater class chris jericho turned me into an actor so did The Rock. And you know what? They both came to it after me. So in a way, it's my fault they're an actor, right? Actors. They're not one person. I haven't seen them in the same place in a couple of years. Maybe they are the same person. I don't know. They should meet me and verify. But uh, And if they want to donate, they're more than welcome. Yeah, to. and if they want to donate to the Declaration of Independent Wrestling documentary, they can go to GoFundMe and there's, click that link. There's great perks available. There's so many great perks. Tickets, download links, all sorts of stuff. But away from the pluggerooski for a second because it's already in the comments on this, so you can just click that. Uh, I I watched this and I thought this is theater, and I wanted to dive down that rabbit hole. And there's so many different types of this wrestling theater, this presentation, where we're going to be covering Kaiju Big Battle which has Godzilla monsters fighting each other. Uh, Shimmer, which is women's wrestling. Uh, the lucha influences that are in Major League Wrestling, the international flavors that are going to be all over Impact Wrestling show, which looks bananagrams. That thing's insane looking. Uh, and of course, the WWN More Than Mania Festival has DDT, WXW, uh, and so many more of all shine. Shimmer. Just everything under the sun. Shine isn't actually there, but they will be having a title match represented on their super show. So we talk right after this, and I'm going to throw to our interview with Ernie O'Donnell. And I'd want to thank Jeff for operating the tech and uh, being being my first guest on the Brendan Loves Wrestling podcast proper. Again, check out the mini-sode with Selena De Laurenta. She's lovely and evil. Oh, so evil. All right, here's our interview with Ernie O'Donnell. Hey, everyone, I'm Brendan Stokler here with the star of Clerks, several Kevin Smith-related projects, and a million things. You've seen this man all over, Mr. Ernie O'Donnell. Ernie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Brendan. How's everything over there, pal? You know, it's pretty crazy, just making stuff happen with the Declaration of Independent Wrestling and getting that crowdfunding campaign for that going. You know how it goes. Oh, I know. Uh, People got to get out there and start giving you some cheddar. They got to give me all the cheddar. I cannot make nachos without the cheddar, <laughs> as it were. 
you have a big weekend coming up, which is one of the reasons why we're talking right now. Uh, you have a film called Gone for the Weekend premiering at the Garden State Film Fest. What's the movie about? What's the deal on this? Give me the pitch. So what it is is a good friend of mine uh, that I know for a long time. His name is Troy Burbank. So he created his own production company, Troy Burbank Films and uh, Leonardo Boys Productions. Uh, and most Clerks fans will realize once you say Leonardo, you think of Clerks. And uh, Troy was influenced by my boy, you know, Kevin Smith, obviously, on a lot of levels. Um, we tried getting Kevin the movie. Uh, we just couldn't work out the schedule. Uh, he was going to do it, but we just couldn't work it out. You know, he's a busy man. But yeah. um, so Troy brought me on to the project uh, to make a cameo uh, in a fun little scene about an arrogant prick, you know, uh, typical of like a Soch kind of guy that you'd see in the outsiders. Um, so that was fun. But then he also started asking me a lot of different other stuff and then brought me on as a, as a producer of the film uh, to help him out. But uh, it's a great throwback comedy, kind of like, uh, you know, the bachelor party, was it a bachelor party with uh, Tom Hanks oh, yeah. in the day. So it's kind of in the vein of that. And it's about, um, you know, four middle-aged men who act like adolescents, you know, when the wife's out of town, uh, you know, the hijinks ensue, you know, strip clubs, uh, girls, you know, at the bar backstage sneaking at rock concerts and getting on tour buses and, uh, you know, a little bit of weed, pool parties. So all that kind of stuff. All the uh, finer things in life. <laughs> all, all the finer things in life. So it's a, it's a good, you know, uh, low, I hate to say low budget. It's, it's, you know, when you look at the independent film industry, a lot of these people who make films don't get enough credit for creating new content, which is where all the new stuff really is. I mean, obviously the stuff that's out there now is a lot of recycled stuff, but um, our independent film community is really great. And people are creating some wonderful stuff and, Troy has a, a really cool script. It's funny. Um, and they like this so much that they're giving him a prime spot Saturday night at 9 o'clock at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park for the Garden State Film Festival. So that's a pretty big honor. Uh, that's to awesome. That, to get that so spot. if you're listening to this, go to the Garden State Film Fest. Go check this out. It's going to be great. Yeah, um, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Ernie, you have had a film career spanning 20-some years uh, and are one of the nicest guys I know, and you are consistently cast as assholes. What draws you (laughs) to these roles? Uh, Well, (laughs) you got a handsome mug and people are like, that guy, that guy should play a dick. Why? Because he looks nice. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, well, that, may, that might have a little bit to do with it, but most of my friends who know me know me as, especially the guys that, who are in my poker circle uh, or card games, know me as a uh, a ball-breaking kind of asshole kind of guy. So I'm like, you know, I'm the typical old-school guy who likes to break your balls. I like you, but I'm going to break your balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So, and I'll tell you how it is. And, uh, you know, like my good friend, Scott Schiaffo, who is the Julie's guys in Clerks. He's a great dude. I love him to death. But every time I see him, I break his stones. And right. That's just the way it is. And he loves it. So it's just something that's, you know, that I do. And, you know, it's all in good fun. Uh, and people say, oh, you're an asshole sometimes. But then, I mean, it's in a, it's a, when they say it, it's in a form of endearment. Yeah, so, like yeah. a the lovable asshole. Yeah, I mean, the lovable like 2019, asshole. 2019, people love assholes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, not everybody has to be politically correct. No. You know what I'm saying? We like the old school style. We're trying to keep it alive a little bit. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ernie, being that you are on, uh, before we get into the wrestling stuff, as this is the Brendan Loves Wrestling podcast, yes. uh, let's just give one more hard plugger for your film. What, what theater is it showing in? And just reinforcing, what's the name of every important detail we got here? So, it's a film by Troy Burbank. Yeah. It's uh, Troy Burbank Films. The movie is called Gone for the Weekend. And All right. It will, be, it will be showing at 9 o'clock at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park as part of the Garden State Film Festival. And you can go to the GardenStateFilmFestival.com to get tickets. I would suggest that because the last couple of viewings we've had have sold out because uh, they get, you know, a lot of resp- good response. So the more people that will come. And then what else can you do on a Saturday night? You know, you can go there, laugh Perfect. with your friends, and then go to the Wonder Bar or the Stone Pony after and get all looped up. So all right. it's a good time. Yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here twice. So you have no excuses if you're listening to this podcast and near enough to Jersey to make it. That's right. Uh, now, now to armbar you into a different conversation. This is the oh, yeah. Loves Wrestling podcast. So when did you first start watching wrestling? What's your relationship with Oof. it? Wow, boy, that's uh, I probably started. Oh, God, I had to be like six or seven. Uh, I started with the NWA, the AWA, uh, WWF. I used to watch Gorilla Monsoon uh, back in the day. Uh, I even caught the tail end. Uh, of uh what was his name oh my god oh boy the, while you're trying show, to remember pat, pat, oh, pat patterson pat patterson, pat patterson. oh you know my what the goodness. interesting thing about gorilla monsoon is neither yeah. a gorilla nor a weather storm <laughs> fun fact yes yes but i mean wrestling to me back then was the the greatest thing to watch and and the awesome thing about it was back then in the late 70s early 80s creeping into the 90s a little bit they still thought it was real right and i thought it was real and me and my brother used to go you know fisticuffs about it being real or fake so we'd be wrestling in the in the living room and doing these moves which my mother used to freak out about and they really work oh yeah they're very effective yeah there's these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, but I've been loving this, you know, wrestling my whole life. The last couple of years, it's kind of dropped off for me a little bit because I think it's, uh, it's gotten a little far, you know, far stretched. I like the independent circuit probably a little bit more because that's more true to the original style of wrestling that I grew up with. Very respectable. Now, yeah. when we're talking about wrestling, you've actually gotten to work with some of the greats. 
Uh, Chris Jericho being one of them, uh, Chris has been working with Kevin on some films and you've been working with Kevin on said films. Uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, not this part that I was recording with you, but part that I recorded earlier, uh, Chris Jericho is what brought me to the dance in terms of acting and you got to act with him. I watched uh, him and The Rock talking on TV, and I thought I should take a damn theater class so I can talk like that guy. <laughs> so what was it like being on set with the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla? Well, it's always, you know, it's always kind of surreal being in a film with somebody that, you know, you watched on TV uh, and admired, you know, their skill set, especially in wrestling. Uh, and when Kev told me that he was having Jericho, uh, in the movie, which is called uh, Kilroy Was Here, which is coming out uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Um, they have Jericho playing uh, an alligator wrangler. Uh, Very on per- brand. Yes, yes, which is perfect. He was doing that already, probably. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, and then the second one was he's in, as a lot of people know, he's in the Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, which has been announced that he's in that also. So being with these guys is just, you know, you try not to geek out. Yeah. Especially, especially me, uh, because, you know, he's he was still in that era where I was really watching it hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're kind of just like, hey, what's up? You know, and just because on set, you got to be a different person. You gotta be you know, cool. You gotta be cool and you don't want to be that dickhead. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. You know, you don't want him saying, no, oh, get that cat away from me. Yeah. So, you uh, it, there was a very famous Ric Flair promo. Oh, where, I love yeah. One of the greatest of all time and uh, certainly an inspiration for Mr. Jericho where yeah. he talks about, uh, he's having a hard time holding these alligators down and how he punctuated. It, did Chris Jericho have a hard time holding said alligators down? <laughs> I don't think he has a problem holding anything down. <laughs> That's very fair. So another another wrestler that you worked with was Gene Snitsky. To jog the memory of those who may have forgotten about the Ruthless Aggression era, Snitsky was very famous for a feud with Kane where yeah. he – knocked Lita off uh, the side of an apron, which caused her to have a miscarriage and then said it wasn't his fault. Yeah. It's not my fault was his catchphrase. That's um, his phrase, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the whole baby heard, issue, the kicking the whole, of the baby. Yeah, the punting of the baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, from what I have heard, he is the nicest Braun Strowman's dad lookalike there ever was and certainly the nicest baby punter I've heard of. Uh, what was your experience like working with Snitsky? What was the movie that you worked with him on? So I had the opportunity to work with Gene Snitsky and also the great Samu. Uh, oh, awesome. From the Head Shrinkers. Uh, and his son uh, also did some uh, some stunt double work. Uh, and his, his, his other... Son did uh, him played Lance Anawani. Oh yeah, I think, yeah. I'm, saying, I think I'm saying that right. I think uh, it's Anawani. I, I, this is this is the Rock's last name. Yeah, I'm, I'm sending this over to my tech 
Jeff look up the pronunciation so we don't butcher I, the man's name. Yes, I think it's Anawani. But it's taking me back to Hebrew school where I'm like, I don't know. I know that's not it. Yes. Right. What, is, what is it? Um, yes. But yeah, so, the cool, so how was it working with those cats? It was great. The cool thing was Lance was playing uh, Samu in a younger version. So that was cool. But starting with Gene, Gene is a great guy. Uh, surprised us all as far as his acting chops. I mean, obviously you think coming from wrestling, they do act. There was a lot of acting. Uh, but we thought he was going to bring that style of acting. But the good thing was me and him kind of bonded a little bit because he would ask me, you know, because I've done a decent amount of films. He'd say, well, what do you think about that? Should I change that? So he was open to, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say criticism, but he was open to, you know, improving. He could take his, notes. He could take notes, improve himself, and he actually did a really good job in this. Uh, and as far as him being, you said, like, a you know, a gentleman and a nice guy, he is. But don't ever let him grab you or hug you or shake <laughs> your hand because he dislocated my shoulder one day. <laughs> he dislocated your shoulder? <laughs> yes, shaking my hand. He, oh, he, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he just kind of grabs you and just, like, I mean, he's all you know, all muscle and strength. Yeah. And, you know, and then on set, another time I'm laying there, you know, on the floor, you know, unconscious, and he sneaks in and kicks me in the, you know, in the man jewels, thinking, thinking it's funny, you know, but jokingly, you know, yeah. just a love, a love tap. A love so, tap kick to the crotch. A little love tap, just a little flick, thinking that it would be funny. And from him, it just, you know, kicked it. You know, I was down for at least 10, 15 minutes, but we had to stop. So, <laughs> so did they ever settle back down there? Have you found them again? Yeah. Yeah, it took a while, but I did. But then, <laughs> and as far as uh, Sam, uh, you know, the, from the head shrinkers, right. he is a big, huge, massive man, but he is the nicest guy in the world. So oh, and, I got uh, the uh, I got the pronunciation. It's you do Ano Wahi. Ano Wahi. Okay, I got. There. I was close. Yeah, ballpark. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to bring up any bad memories by saying ballpark. I, yeah. You yeah. had to go through puberty again. Just I'm waiting for him to drop. I'm <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah. for him. <laughs> but then, but, yeah. so and then working with the the great Samu. So we were doing a scene in the woods where. You know, there's a like a. I'm not. I don't want to give the movie away, but kind of. But there's a knife involved, and he's coming at me with a knife. And you know, it's a, it's a prop knife, but it's not metal. It's not rubber. It's metal. So he's a huge man, and he's it's it's dark. We're in the woods, and he's coming at me, and he's gonna try to gut me. So obviously, I'm you know scared shit i'm like well what if he trips what if something else happens sure. you know, he's he seven feet happen. tall he yeah. already kicked you in the gonad he's coming at you with a big old prop metal knife well this is samu so this oh, is, this is that, samu. yeah this was so six feet tall he didn't kick you in the cross but he's a head shrinker yeah. with a metal knife yeah and he's almost what 300 and some odd pounds yeah you know, he's, he's a, I mean, he is over six feet he's got to be like six three six four i mean he's a big man but uh I tell you what, true professional man. He he stopped on a dime every single time. It looked so good, and you know I can't say enough about 
you know, the whole Samoan dynasty and all those guys are very supportive of our film, 100 Acres of Hell, uh, which is coming out, you know, hopefully in a few months. Is that going to be on uh, video on demand or where? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be streaming. It's going to be on video on demand. Uh, Our distributor hasn't let us know what platforms they're going to release it on yet. Uh, So fans that are listening to this, uh, be on the lookout for that on Amazon, iTunes, and your local streaming services. Oh yeah. And there's a great, great uh, fight scene at the end between, uh, you know, our killer, which is played by uh, the great Samu and uh, and Gene Smitsky. And I'll tell you what, you want to see some real knockdown, ass-kicking, like, wrestling style. They're flipping over cars, landing on them, and there's no no props. This is all, it's real. I mean, they landed on the cars, no cushions. There was no stops. They took tree limbs and smacked them over each other's backs, all real. Yeah. I did some uh, wrestling training last week with Ortiz from the Latin American Exchange, and I can nice. tell you, even when it's padded, that shit hurts. Oh so, yeah, and, yeah. There was no padding here. This these guys went full blown. They must have did a fight, a 25 minute routine, and we obviously had to cut it down for the movie. Uh, but it was just so intense, and we so, have a great score in back of it. And it the fans will really enjoy it. So I'm going to ask you one final question before yep. I let you go, Ernie. You got it, buddy. Um, favorite wrestling match that, as a kid, you loved? Ooh. Well, there was a lot, but I, I'm going to have to say two. I okay. Can't, I can't nail it to one. I have to do two. That's fair. Because the first one is extremely memorable and amazing when it happened. Uh, Jimmy Fly snuck off the steel cage with the Superfly. Yep. Don that Morocco, just, Madison yes, Square Garden. I mean, unreal. Yep. Nobody ever seen anything like that before. And Snooker was one of my favorites. But I think the one that a true wrestling fan is going to appreciate, know, knowing the storyline behind it and the sacrifice that was made by Andre the Giant is Andre the Giant passing the torch to Hulk Hogan when he slammed him. I I saw saw Hogan versus The Rock when I was 12, I want to say. Right. To see the other half of that. So you and I have the connective tissue of watching where that torch went. And I think The Rock's done pretty okay. Well, that's why, that's why Hogan did it. Yeah. He explained why he did what he did because of what Andre did for him. Yeah. You know, and it's if you look at it, like I said, as a true wrestling fan, that means so much to us that, you know, these guys would do that. And Andre was like in the worst shape of his life. His back he, couldn't, all... he couldn't walk to the ring. Yeah, they, he couldn't do anything. They yeah. had a tiny mini ring with wheels that carted him out. Yeah, it was so heartbreaking. And the fact that he did that for the industry and to catapult Hogan to the super stardom and the stratosphere and really brought wrestling to the forefront. I mean, you got to say that was the turn, even though a lot of guys, other guys did build it up. I mean, all the old wrestling fans know all the guys that did it, you know, but Hogan is the one that kind of turned it up. <laughs> and then Steve Austin and The Rock 
in the next phase kind of turned it up again. Uh, yep. And I'm also glad to see finally in these last few years uh, that Ric Flair is getting his dues because Ric Flair is in my oh, top. Man. Yes, he is in my top three, you know, wrestlers of all time, and he doesn't get enough credit. And thank God in the last couple of years, he's been getting his dues. So I'll, I'll close out on an image that will horrify many, but I bought a uh, Ric Flair robe for a hundred bucks that he what? signed. Yep. And it's the cheapest fabric, but it has Nature Boy on there. It has feathers oh. and it has his signature. And I have definitely just been walking around my house. Don't, please don't, that, that's not a, uh, worn by Rick, was it? No, this was not oh, okay. worn by a Rick. Duplicate. This is, okay. This oh is, my God. This is like synthetic silk. Okay. And okay. pasted on feathers, but Nature Boy's steamed on the back there and so is his signature. So it's good. It's not the greatest robe, but it's enough to make <laughs> me feel like the nature boy. Yeah. Thank you. That was Ernie O'Donnell. Uh, go check out his film at the Garden State Film Festival, Gone for the Weekend, a Troy Burbank production. Thank you so much, Ernie. Hey, man, I appreciate your time, brother, and I'll see you soon. I'll see you soon, bro. All right, Bye. Pal, thanks. Bye-bye.